We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Samantha Wanigal, Director of Operations for Upward based in downtown Hartford. First and foremost, Samantha, tell us what Upward is. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, Happy to share about Upward. So we are a social enterprise that launched in 2017 with the sole purpose of reinvigorating second and uh, third tier cities across the United States. Um, We focused on Hartford because we feel like they're clearly, obviously, geographically, it's one of the most primed second tier cities in the country. Um, But the industry over the last 50 years in general, which has kind of left these second tier cities in decline um, and forgotten, the industry has changed. Obviously, the, the landscape has changed, but the the workers, the corporate presence, and the uh, industry leaders are still in those cities. And so what can we do to enter into those cities to get them thriving again? We feel very strongly that second-tier cities is what makes America America. Let's let's be honest there. So if we all, we're all first-tier cities, uh, we wouldn't be the country that we are today. So in an effort to do that, we thought the best way to go about this is to bring together all of the brightest minds. Brightest Minds is subjective, of course. Uh, but let's start with a, the companies that are in those cities, Hartford being a prime example. It's Candyland of logos, right? Health insurance and uh, healthcare. Uh, we've got aerospace, you name it. But let's start by by polling these corporate partners. First, let's establish a relationship with them, okay? Let's, uh, let's go to them and say, what would help you keep your business here? What would help you continue to hire from here? And what would create competitive methods and advantages for your company here, right here in Hartford? Let's make it happen. And so we've we've been in listening mode, right? So we we happen to think we know what what will fix it all, but we can't do that alone. So uh, we feel very strongly that you need to take the uh, corporate presence, mix it with the startup and entrepreneurial world, and then add a little bit of talent into it. And from there, you have brilliant minds, big ambition, and put those two together, and exceptional things will happen. We took the avenue of saying, "Great, that's that's wonderful, but where will it happen?" Right. Let's create the physical space where that energy thrives. So we took a model or a template that we think will work, mixed a little bit of real estate into it, smack dab in the downtown area, which has not been a bustling or thriving intersection in in quite a while, which subject to to, uh, opinion. But in my opinion, it's quite quite the hub right now. Um, And and we feel that that's going to work. We we. uh, we're not here to make money. We're here to make change. And uh, we are a private social enterprise because we don't want to have to turn around and ask or take money from the city, which we're trying to help reinvigorate. So essentially, you're, you're co-working space, correct? We have co-working space, yes. So right out of the gates, it was easier for people to say, oh, a co-working space has come to town. That's, that's exciting. Uh, let's take off our fingerless gloves and get out of the basements where we're hiding and working on our projects and come to the table. But we realized very shortly that co-working wasn't a common term in Hartford. Um, people had heard of a WeWork. 
but they hadn't really, you know, boots to the ground, what is one? Um, so we realized very quickly, like I said, we're listening to the corporate presence in, in the city saying, what, what is it that you guys need? And they say, we need talent. We need meeting space. We need, I'm like, meeting space? Boring. No, they want like that playground, offsite, field trip kind of space. We forget how many of these companies have shifted their employees to working from home. So the more remote these employees are working, the more they need collaboration. It's such an underly utilized or underutilized. Uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's the simplest of things, right? Let's get together and think about this and talk about this. But let's work in our silos and not come together to think about it and talk about it. It is certainly more convenient than having to commute to Bloomfield or wherever it might be. So we said, okay, let's create that playground space. So we built uh, in our 34,000 square foot innovation hub downtown. In the, the current, stilts building. In the stilts building. It's literally in the stilts. Um, and we also have a location on the 17th floor. We expanded 6,500 square feet of, of event and training space. We are uh, adding another 6,000 to that. Uh, should be complete by April because of high demand. But these are training rooms, approximately 1,000 square feet. Writable walls, the desks, you can write on the desks. Everything's on wheels. It can be moved around. I've seen our corporate partners have the strangest meetings in these spaces, but the reviews and the testimonials are yeah, unparalleled. You know, I, I walked into them, they were having a snowball, snowball fight, literally. <laughs> no, it wasn't real snow. Um, but because they were able to let loose and think creatively, um, there's this secret sauce that they can get off-site, away from their campus, that they find it upward. Um, and then you mix a little bit of that startup activity and ingenuity into there, too, and it really becomes a pattern or a template for success. Tell us about your your members, and do you have to be a member to utilize your space? You do not need to belong to Upward uh, to to use our space. Of course, we encourage you to join as an Upward citizen, be part of something greater. Um, at the same time, anybody can Google us or look up you know meeting space in downtown Hartford, and they'll find us, and they're certainly welcome to come on in. Our citizens enjoy special perks. Uh, we have a, a, a an array of events on our events calendar that we host just for our um, our community. Obviously, it's open to the public, but our citizens would get free tickets or, uh, depending on the type of event, discount tickets. Um, we have special events in-house just for them. In addition to that, they get special rates on meeting space. So if they wanted to host a workshop to try to build their client base or to focus on skill sets that they're acquiring and to you know, we, we really lower the barrier for them to have affordable event meeting space. At the same time, we have corporate partners who have corporate rates on the space. Um, and we have, I mean, I, I think I was doing the math the other day, 192 different companies have been in Upward in less than two years, ranging from Red Bull to uh, Children's, or CCMC. I mean, you name it, they've been there. Um, a lot of repeat faces, which is great, but um, no. You do not have to belong, but we like to assume everybody belongs when they show up to Upward. So it can be as small as needing a desk somewhere between Boston and New York City, or do you have firms that are actually based out of Upward? Very good question. So just yesterday, we had two folks walk in. They were on their way to Boston from New York, needed a place to stop and take a video call. Another one needed to stop because he had an interview. They popped in, bought a day pass. One of them used our Zen booth for a private little podcast space, and the other one um, just used an open co-working desk. So certainly there's flexibility there. We have about a constant 25 full-time entrepreneur, solopreneur uh, co-working members. So they will sit pretty much anywhere, any given day. There are some who go to the same seat every single day, and that's totally fine too. Um, in addition to that, we have 29 private offices that have about 116 
uh, full-time members, and they, although they have an office for four or five, depending on the size of their office, they also utilize the co-working space. The, pur- the purpose is for them to mingle with the people downstairs. You never know what kind of like-minded people or people who are going to help your business thrive or grow. So bumping into them down at the espresso machine, perhaps. And then we have, out of those, I mean, many, many established businesses, not all just solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, established businesses, scaling companies, and then some pretty large companies. We have uh, a couple corporate partners who have offices in our space, and then they have folks from their corporate headquarters rotate through that office. Sometimes it's the innovation team. Sometimes it's the the, the learning team or the the university, what they call, uh, without naming the exact corporate uh, partner there. But um, it, it's it's uh, a myriad of, of folks that come through there. So it would be wrong just to assume that it's tech companies, because I think a lot of people just assume if it's you know co-working space, it's most likely to be a tech company. You know what? It's a safe assumption in today's world because most startups have some sort of tech involved. Uh, if they don't, I'd like to meet them. At the same time, we have a dance company that's based out of Upward. Um, we have uh, someone who, who, a clothing designer, you know, so it's not all tech. Uh, we we do tend to attract, we have a coding academy, you know. Um, we have Python and AI and ML meetups at Upward. We have InsureTech is a huge uh, component there in our space. Um, a lot of digital health. We have our Upward Lab. You know, we have in an in-house venture fund that um, hosts ten startups from all over the world that are working on age tech and prop tech. Uh, so, age care technology and one we might call smart building or property technology, which really applies to every building these days, right? Um, so, technology is certainly our core, but it is not a requirement by any means. So, you began in 2017, and now you are adding some components, going from co-working to co-living. We certainly are. So co-living, contrary to popular belief, and I'll, I'll say this because I know it's it's a new concept here. In it's not cohabitation. That's something different. It's not grown-up dorms. But, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, another part of the equation when we speak to, we'll just say, the corporate presence in downtown Hartford in addition to the startup and entrepreneurial presence, is we need cool places to live. You know, let's we want to lower the complexity for for businesses to to do business in Hartford, and we want to raise the sexy. We want to make it cool to be in Hartford. I'm not going to lie; like, we don't just nine to five, hop in our car and get us home as soon as possible, back to my silo, and never go back into the city. What can we do to make it it cool? And co living is a concept that is not new. Um, it's been around for quite a while, more European models. Uh, I think in the United States, it became more popular around two, 2014, out in California, of course. Um, and since then has become quite a, a rave. So it will probably attract millennials. And there's no harm in attracting millennials to the city, the, the daunting M word. Um, but if you think about the, the, the little quirks that kind of come along with what one might expect in a co-living space is perfect for that millennial uh, demographic because I mean they grew up on social media and sharing is the normal thing for them so those who may want to live a, li- a lighter lifestyle have less stuff fewer things materially um, and want to have a little bit of freedom it's short-term rentals you know it's almost like living in an Airbnb it's fully furnished you're you're building an authentic sense of community in a downtown uh, in our building that we in 196 Trumbull is gorgeous. It's the old Hubline building right there at the right at the intersection of Pratt and Trumbull, um, and and I'm sure you're aware of all the development projects that are, are wrapped around Pratt Street. So it's perfectly slotted. I you know I was studying a lot of the um, the existing co living spaces across the country, 
And some of them are, uh, they receive 300 applications a day. So the demand, they cannot even meet the demand of what co-living is demanding. So once this catches on in Hartford, I expect it to be a full house. And, uh, you know, when we, when we run out of space, we just find more. So I expect that from Upward, too. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Samantha Wanigal, Director of Operations for Upward. Now, with the co-living space, how many units are we talking about? And is units even the right word in this situation? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. So 32 studio apartments of uh, varying square footage will be in this historic building. So it is historical remodel. So we are making sure that we can keep intact as much as possible. You know, the project just to uh, maintain the tin veneer on the on the ceiling is uh, unimaginable. Um, the hardwood, the exposed brick, it's it's. A delight. Honestly, I love it even construction phase. I love going in there. So I can only imagine when it's finished. 32 units. It will be uh, five, well, four floors. And in each floor would have its own community room focused on a different. Uh, so it could be the gaming room. There will be a working space, um, a community kitchen. But it's also creatively designed so that you can come and go privately as you please. It's not You're not forced to talk to everybody every day. You do have your own private studio apartment with your own kitchenette, your own bathroom, your own um Obviously, furnishings, everything's fully furnished. So it's a very simple way of living. Um, but we really do want that uh, intentional community to be a byproduct of the co-living space. Where does construction stand now and what's the timeline for occupancy? All right. The daring question. Uh, our goal is to be finished before spring 2020. So I'll leave that open-ended to you. But um, Soon. Soon. Yes, it's very soon. It's moving very rapidly. Um I would like to see occupancy before the summer months. Yep. Uh, stay tuned and follow us on all of our social channels and you'll learn more. I promise. Do you already have people reaching out saying, I want to live there? I think my phone just went off, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yes. Yes, we do. So we have a community of startups, many of whom travel from other countries and who are doing business as a result of uh, being a part of Upward Labs, for example, are doing business with corporate partners and landing deals that are going to require them to stay in Hartford, hire from Hartford, grow a presence in Hartford, and of course they need somewhere to live in Hartford. And the first thing they want is this upward lifestyle. Well, I'm already an upward citizen. I already work at Upward. You know, the live, work, thrive. Can I live there too? Jokingly, we used to say, well, you know, I guess it's a 24-7 co-working membership. Sure. Now you really can live at Upward, work at Upward, and of course thrive at Upward. From the way you're talking, I'm guessing your plans aren't going to stop with with co-living. What's in the hopper? Well, we are, let me just spell it out there. We're open to discussion. We are in listening mode. So what I'd like to know is what do you guys want in Hartford? What would help you uh, grow your business or create uh, friction for your ideas? What would help uh, move the city perpetually upward in the sense of revitalization and I'm open to discussion. There's there's no task too big and nothing we're afraid to tackle. We just have to problem solve, figure out what the communal need is, and uh, bring together, like I said before, the brightest minds to figure it out. We're simply the facilitator. Um, we, although we'd like to think we're smart, we are not the brightest minds. Hartford is loaded with them. So let's bring them all to the table and figure out what it is that we need to do next. What have been the biggest challenges in, in doing what you do at Upward? I think the biggest challenge is nobody believed us in the beginning. You know, I don't want to say that so many empty promises had been 
been made to the city, but it was just the, oh, yeah, right, here we go again kind of mentality. And shortly after, you know, explaining our mission, I had a meeting with someone last week. He said, well, we figured out really quickly, you guys really meant what you were saying, and you're you're here to make it happen. Um, so I think that just the naysayers, the the challenge in the beginning, today's biggest challenge, is there enough space available for what we want to do? You know, how can we build that um, flagship upward city and uh, make it a template that could potentially help revitalize other cities across the country? Certainly, people pay for citizenship. So that's one source of revenue. What are your other sources? And are you set up to be a, a for-profit entity? Are you mm-hmm. not-for-profit or non-profit? So we are a for-profit social enterprise. As I mentioned, we don't feel that it's right to take or ask money from the city, which we are trying to help reinvigorate. So uh, we do, like I said before, also we're not here to make money. We're here to make change. Um As far as revenue streams, our greatest revenue stream thus far has been the meeting and event space. That is why in our current 34,000 footprint, I'm adding an additional 6,000 in the next couple months. Uh, And and that's such a subjective term. It's not your typical boardroom meeting. Like I said, there are many, um, a lot of times it's, you know, you're streaming across the country. You're meeting to the other, uh, you know, maybe you have an HQ in San Francisco or wherever it might be. Um, But these companies need that ingenuity and that creativity and they have budgets for it. So we're, we're building the space where they can wisely use their budgets to get the biggest bang for their buck. Um, so we have found that that is a, a, a huge demand in our corporate community. Um, but I don't know, once co-living comes online, let's see how quickly it sticks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm looking at more properties soon. Online, I've seen a lot of hip events on social media happening at at Upward. What sort of things happen maybe after hours there? Okay, good question. Um, Hip is a great adjective. Thank you. Um, I mean, if you could look at our social calendar right now, we've got an open mic night this Thursday, or I'm a week ahead of me, 2.13 next Thursday. Um, We had recently, we had a ping pong tournament for one of the giant corporates, uh, we have um, Python and ML meetups. We have a lot of add-ons. If you have a meeting at Upward, there's a lot of uh, cool um, upgrades you can do. Uh, we have wind downs. We have, um, I don't want to say happy hours. We have our own spin on those. Um, we're, again, we are open to many. We have the clients come to us and say, could we do this in your space after our event? Or you know, could this be the, the guts of our event? And we say, well, why not? Let's let's take a look at it and see how we can make it happen. We have demo day coming up uh, for our our labs, and that'll be in April. Uh, that's a very exciting event. Obviously, they can uh, highlight the the products that they've been working on as as um, with their their pilot partners over the last six months over the course of their cohort. So I don't know if that's hip, but that's hip for techies. So. <laughs> Now, you mentioned the, the feedback you get from, from people who, who use the space. What has been the feedback about Upward from members of the, the corporate community in Hartford? So I had someone yesterday say, how can I bottle up Upward and take it home with me? Um, they, the feedback, I think they, they come not knowing what to expect and they leave wanting more. And the, some of them have said, I, I don't know what I did prior to actually having events here or having my meetings here or um, having a citizen, you know, becoming a citizen here. I don't know how I actually operated as, a, as an entity prior to that. So that's comforting, um, but also it's a challenge. You know, if, if the expectations are super high every single time they're there, how are we reinventing 
the wheels so that every time they come, they're getting uh, just as much energy as they got the first time. So it does keep us on our toes. Um, very positive feedback, uh, but we're very humble also. We realize that we have to listen to that feedback and continually ask them, what else could we be doing to, to make this a, a one-of-a-kind experience for you? Well, give us the elevator pitch. You know, people might say, well, it's it's downtown. Parking's going to be a pain in the neck. How do I get in and out? Why not just, you know, find some some faceless hotel in the suburbs mm-hmm. to, to do my event? Well, they can find a, a faceless hotel in the suburbs, but they wouldn't be reaching out to us if they didn't want or understand the need to have their event, their event in downtown in the first place. Parking is not a huge obstacle. I think it's a mental block that people have. We have some people who have events. They send their this first-time companies who've never been to Upward, but they know it's in downtown, right? So they send their executive assistants out to scope it out ahead of time. You know what they're looking at? Well, parking. And we had to make sure there was public restrooms. <laughs> like, this isn't the middle of... Uh, you know, Times Square. (laughs) This is not a scary place to be. At the same time, break down the silos. Come see the great downtown that we are. We we could have easily taken space in the outskirts or in in the fringe or in in the burbs. We don't want to. Our goal and our mission is not to do that. We want to revitalize the second tier cities, not the second tier suburbs, right? These second and third tier cities in, in the country, Hartford being an amazing capital city, deserves the attention of the people who live in and around it. And, uh, we deserve national recognition for how wonderful of a city it is. Do you have a presence or are you eyeing presences in, in other cities? We are open to the discussion. We certainly don't see this being our only city. I don't have a timeline for you. Um, again, the goal and our mission isn't to fix only one second tier city in the country. That will be great, but it we don't stop there. So I will answer you with a yes, but uh, uh, TBD. Okay. To be determined. Are there other organizations around the country that are similar to Hartford, or is this something that was innovated here? Truthfully, it was an idea that our CEO, it just dawned on her when she walked into the raw, empty space that is currently our innovation hub downtown. And she thought, because she works out of a WeWork in in other cities and all around the world in co-working spaces, and she knows the value that can be found in in the, the collaborative work environment. But she knew there was something special here. And then she she did more research on Hartford and more research on second-tier cities and just became overly passionate about the cause and said, what can I do? Like, how can we change this? So in the process of evolving and growing and developing, we obviously, as a startup ourselves, you have to do your competitive research, right? It is almost impossible for us to do competitive research because we cannot find a model that exists like us. So we are, in a way, kind of against the wind. But at the same time, we can take advice and guidance from, you know, uh, large co-living spaces, large co-working spaces, see what they do right, what they do wrong. And at the same time, add in our secret sauce and make it perfect for our mission. It might be also important to to draw some distinctions between Upward and WeWork because all the headlines about WeWork recently haven't been great. They've been in the wrong direction, haven't they? Yes. Uh, so we're not a WeWork. We are, in the sense, we have desks. Right. And we have private offices and we have conference rooms. So in that sense, we are a WeWork. But in, in so many senses, we are not. Um, we are a collaborative working space. That could mean a meeting for 80, an event for 85, uh, you know, two people who just need to have a, a cup of coffee and talk about a business plan together, mentor sessions, uh, perhaps it's a workshop or a forum you name it. And and although I'm sure there's workshops and, uh, you know, talking series that take place at some WeWorks, but it's not built with that sense of purposeful community that ours is. 
If people want to know more about Upward, how can they do that? MoveUpward.city. Please visit our website. We are on every social channel. Uh, We would come drop in. It's not scary. There's plenty of parking. And uh, we're very easy to find. The Stilts Building is certainly an iconic structure in downtown, 20 Church Street. Uh, Come learn more physically. If you can't bank it there yourself, go online. uh, And and, um, you, you can't miss us. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it. She is Samantha Wanigal, Director of Operations for Upward, based in downtown Hartford. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.